and welcome to another edition of Dual Candle Radio with Lenora Sarver. I hope you're enjoying your Saturday evening and I hope you don't mind spending a few minutes with me tonight. Hope you stay tuned in. We're going to have a great show. Be right back. Welcome back. Let's get right into tonight's episode. It is my prayer that you walk away with some very valuable information tonight. It is also my prayer that you put to use what you're learning in today's episode and eventually begin recognizing God speaking to you. So tonight, that's what the episode is going to be about, is God speaking to you. You know, for many people, they feel the call of God, but then they run. They're not ready. But when you finally do get ready, you know, whether if it be a near-death experience, whether if it be the loss of a loved one, whether if it be a major life change that is completely out of your control and you have nothing left but to look up to heaven, to the God as you know him, for help. Because it was, it's then, and only then, that you realize there's nothing you can do. It's got to be a source greater than yourself. And that's when people normally look to God. But upon coming to God, He doesn't leave us without guidance. He doesn't leave us trying to figure it all out alone. But there's something you have to take in consideration. Because you have people who have at least professed the faith for years. But then their hearts are far from him. And it could be a matter of several things. It could be bitterness. It could be disbelief. It could be a hardened heart. It could be a seared conscience. You never really know until you start praying and God starts revealing or speaking. Then you get a good idea of where you're at in your walk. And I have, you know, some people who have come up to me for help trying to hear God speak. And I had to explain it to them. This is what you do. This is how you do it. And they'd come back disappointed. Well, I didn't hear anything. It's like, well, are you believing in who you're speaking to? Because that's a big, that's a big thing is... <clears throat> For us to receive salvation, one of the things that are required is not only repentance of sin, okay, is the acknowledgement and the belief that Jesus Christ died on the cross and was resurrected on the third day. So if we profess our belief in that and then go on in a portion of disbelief about the whole God thing, because you haven't had your, you know, awakening or you haven't seen God move, you know, supernaturally. Then, more than likely, you won't hear his voice. But here is something you need to take in consideration of. Inside of every one of us, we hear something. Not everyone knows what it is. 
but you can definitely say throughout the span of your life, you have had dangerous situations where you felt that you heard something telling you, move, get out of there, get to safety. Do you think that was you? <laughs> so he is with us even before we come to him because he's waiting for any moment for us to say, you know what, I give up trying to do everything on my own. I give up failing because I won't submit to you, Lord. I give up trying to run from you. I give up professing you and my heart is far from you. These are all things we need to circle back around and get to the black and white of the situation and then realize, hey, I repent. I'm ready to listen and I want to hear you. And he's right there waiting for the lost sheep, for the prodigal son, for the whoever that he's been waiting to come home. He's right there waiting. With this, it's crucial to understand who is speaking. Because at first, it'll be a variety of voices. Especially if you have like, you know, mental disabilities, you'll hear a variety of voices. Especially if you have traumas. Um, uh, even PTSD, you'll hear the voices of the past. Especially if you're in demonic realms or demonic places or you have possible oppression or possession, then you will hear demonic voices. But it takes learning the attributes of God to know that's who's speaking. I will say, whenever God speaks, there's always a deep sense of peace that comes along with it. That's how I know it's Him. And plus, I've been listening to Him, and I've been talking to Him for years now. So it's better and it's easier over time and dedication and pressing in with determination that you begin to realize, okay, that was God. Okay, that was not God. Okay, that was me. But it's going to take you delving into God's word before you realize what is what. I will say that whenever you hear demonic voices or Satan speaking, you always have this sense of urgency and anxiety and nervousness and immediately, for some people, they start freaking out. Oh my God, I have to hurry up and do this. Oh, rush, rush, rush. Whenever you hear that, that is not how God works. Now, whenever you're in a dangerous situation, you'll hear a sternness come through from God or from the Holy Spirit, even the angels, to act and act now. But it's a calm sternness. It's not, hey, hurry up and do this. Get anxious. Get full of anxiety. You know, it's not promoting that. So once you realize the differences in the voices and the attributes and the character coming through, that also helps you identify who's talking to you at that moment. So these things are crucial 
especially if you have a huge calling on your life. Because God brings you out into the deep every step of faith you make. So you need him more and more as you take those steps of faith forward. And it's very crucial that you're listening for him. And you can discipline yourself to do this. And we're going to talk about this a little bit later in the show. Um, But let's go ahead and look at what are the many ways. Okay, we're going to look at the New Testament and work our way back to the Old Testament because you'll see some slight variations between the Old Testament and the New. Because whenever, you know, Jesus came on the scene, he was a game changer in a lot of different areas, a lot of different ways, especially when it comes to the Holy Spirit. So, let's look in John chapter 10, verse 27. This may be a little bit different than your uh, Bible. Um, It says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Now, you have to be his to hear it. That is guaranteed. Because if you're not his, more than likely you're not going to listen. And your mind will be too full of anxieties and racing thoughts to even quiet enough to listen. But notice how he says, my sheep hear my voice. So when you are his, then a deep inner yearning within you is pulled forward towards him when you are hearing him talk. I tell you, when our ear is really tuned in to the voice of God, distractions won't even get in the way. What people are saying to us at that moment won't even get in the way. Our entire world stops and we are fully focused on what he is saying. This is the point that you get to, but it's not without the process. Sometimes it's immediate, especially in the Old Testament. It was immediate then. Let's look in uh, Isaiah. And we're going to be in chapter 30, verse 21. And it says, And your ears shall hear a word behind you, saying, This is the way. Walk in it. When you turn to the left or to the right. Now that's interesting. That people... What they're saying here is, you'll hear the word behind you. Whenever I hear God speak, it's like he's inside. Sometimes it feels like it's above. Um, But normally, it's in my mind whenever I hear it. Um... I find it hard to believe that God is going to give us his son for salvation and the Holy Spirit as a comforter without giving us direction to hear his voice. I find that very hard to believe because that is a crucial part of this walk is listening for the Lord. Let's look in John chapter 16 verse 13 
it says, the spirit shows what is true and will come and guide you into all truth. The spirit doesn't speak on his own. He will tell you only what he has heard from me and will let you know what is going to happen. And I know a lot of people get tripped up where it says the spirit doesn't speak on his own. The spirit does speak, but he does not speak of his own personal ordeals because he does not work outside of God. He works within God. And he only speaks what God relays to him. Those are the differences. So whenever the Holy Spirit comes, then know that is going to be a message from God. Not just the Holy Spirit himself or his own experiences. Because he is not apart from God like that. He is what makes God available. And with the ability to be everywhere at once. That is what the Holy Spirit offers God. He makes those things available. Now, what's interesting is the Spirit shows what is true and will come and guide you. So, this kind of indicates whenever you're at a crossroads or you're at a place in your life to where you're having a hard time making decisions or you're trying to figure out what the truth of a particular matter is, go into prayer. Ask for the Holy Spirit. Ask Jesus to open your understanding, open your eyes. And then wait to be showed in various means what the truth of the matter is. And then be willing to be led in all truth. Because even from this point on, the Holy Spirit does more than just comfort you. Does more than just walk with you. Does more than just infill you. The Holy Spirit lets you know what's coming in the future. And you know, we're in a time unlike any other time where God's Spirit has been poured out across the earth upon young and old people for times such as this, what we're living today to prepare the people on how to be anchored in God, how to survive the storms, how to live through the trials and the tribulations of today, tomorrow. We are well equipped if you really think about it. But what are some other ways? Um, according to the New Testament, some of the ways are a still small voice. Now, some people are like, a still small voice? My God, have you heard my mind? It is out of control. All I do is I have 12 different tracks of thoughts that I'm thinking about at the same time because I have all this multitasking. I have all this stuff to do. God doesn't want your mind like that. He wants you to be peaceful and calm. 
and steady and anchored in him. So basically, if you want to hear his still small voice, <laughs> then you're going to have to discipline yourself, calm yourself down, clear your mind out, and wait. Because a still small voice doesn't have to be like finding a needle in a haystack. It doesn't have to be like that. But God doesn't want you running around rampant, trying to get everything done, and you're miserable the whole time because you feel overwhelmed, you feel outnumbered, you feel like you, you need four more arms to get everything done. Or you need a whole five more family members to get everything done. He doesn't want us in that state. He wants us in his state of rest, working and doing things out of that. And then being content with what we were blessed to get done versus what all still awaits us to do. Then we have another way that he speaks. Through a Rima word. So you're reading scripture and it starts coming to life in your mind. It's a beautiful thing. But he speaks through that. He wants you to have more depth, more life to the written word. We're no longer bound by the letter that killeth. Then we have through a sense of peace. That can go a multiple different ways. Because when you hear his voice, that gives you a sense of peace. But whenever you go into prayer and say you haven't even heard his voice yet, but you're going into prayer and you're asking him questions, you're putting things at the altar, you're wanting direction. And then when you walk away, you realize that you're leaning more towards this answer versus the other answer, and you have more peace in this answer versus the other answer. He leads by the peace in your heart as well. Then we have another way that he speaks, and that is through open and closed doors. I know many of you feel like you're still standing in the hallway in a lot of different areas. You're trying to figure out which door is going to open. Why am I always knocking on the closed door? When's my opportunity going to arise? <clears throat> question after question. Well, he speaks through those. So say, for example, it's time to end a chapter in your life and you're still knocking on the closed door. That door will not open because God is ready to thrust you forward into that new chapter. And that is where many of you are, right here, right now. You're on the verge of a new chapter. Another way is through other people. Now, if you're already having conversations in prayer with God, and you haven't heard Him yet, He will actually send other people with messages in their mouth to confirm that, hey, yes, I heard you in prayer. Yes, this is the answer. Yes, this is the direction I want you to go in. And there's a variety of other ways through scripture, through signs, through answered prayers, through, there's so many other ways. As long as these ways are aligning with scripture, because God is not going to use pagan signs to get your attention. He has his own ways and that is sufficient.
Going to take a quick break. Be right back. If you enjoy what we're doing here at Dual Candle Radio, there's a couple ways you can follow. You can go to anchor.fm and look up Dual Candle Radio and follow the show and be notified each time we publish a new broadcast. You can also go to rfp.us on Facebook or on my book's official page, Heavenly Encouragement and Revelation, where the show will be shared each time we publish one. And there's also my website, www.requestfreeprophecy.us. If you need prayer, prophecy, dream interpretation, currently there is a backlog on prophecy. Just a heads up there. And then we also have uh, Lenora Diary, wordpress.com, which is all my visions, um, messages from God, etc. That's been published on there and also this year's prophecies so far. If you like any of this, definitely keep up with us. You can also um, be on the lookout here in the next couple months. We'll be going and expanding, going to Apple Podcast, um, iHeartRadio, a couple other places that we'll be expanding to here soon. But definitely stay in the loop. We enjoy having you. Be right back. Welcome back to the last half of the show. One thing about the Old Testament is whenever God spoke, it seemed like he was a little bit more aggressive. Like you say, you take Jonah, for instance. Jonah couldn't outrun God. It didn't matter where Jonah went. God was there. Even when he was on the ship, everyone knew that their luck had went down because he was on the ship and he was not listening to God. There was zero obedience. And they threw him over. You look at Jeremiah. God picked him when he was not even out of the womb and was testing him. What do you see? And he started off baby steps with Jeremiah. And before you knew it, Jeremiah is prophesying broadly, boldly. Then you have Moses, Moshe, the leader of the Jews. He had burning bush experiences, which I've also witnessed as well on a couple episodes, about three. One with a waking vision where I literally thought the house was going to burn down, but once I realized that it wasn't normal fire, because nothing was burning, there was no smoke, and then there was a vision of it and a dream of it. But you look at all the ways that God spoke to Moses. But one of the things that Moses did is he always took time out to go 
and talk to God. It didn't matter how long it took. He'd be gone for 40 days. He would stay right there waiting. And staying right there waiting is the same integrity God had instilled in me. And it pays off. You want to know this God. Trust me. You want to talk to him. You want him to talk to you. If you strive for anything else in life, strive to hear his voice. But you just look throughout the Old Testament and all the different prophets and how God spoke to all, all of them. It was no mystery that God was speaking. And it's really not that much different today, it's, except today is there's a lot more busyness, a lot more autopilot, a lot more stress. But he's still speaking through it all. And I would say one of the most amazing things in the Old Testament would be Noah and the ark. Do you understand what type of conversations they would have to have for him to build that ark from the ground up? There was nothing like that in that day. If you do the research, you will find out. He was mocked. He was picked on. He let the rain do the talking. But he did not stop moving forward, regardless of how people gave him crap. And to sit there and build an ark out of what he could find in the villages, locally, that would take not just conversation, but direct instructions, piece by piece, very much how he worked with Moses in the tabernacle. He's very specific in what he says. So there's no mystery trying to figure out what he's saying. You'll find more mystery talking to a voice that is from the demonic than you will talking to God. Because God is very direct. He's even direct with me whenever I speak with him. But if you ever get the chance, take a moment, study the Old Testament, and observe all the different ways that God communicated with man. And you'll be amazed. Now, a lot of people skip over the Old Testament. They think, oh, well, that's Judaism. We're in the New Testament. You know, we're not under the law. Jesus did away with the law. It's like, no. He didn't do away with the prophets. He came to fulfill the law, not do away with the law. Okay. But if you were to take a moment, studying the Judaism, I'm not encouraging you to go and be Judaized, as many Christians would have you to believe. 
What I am encouraging you to do is coming to a broader understanding of what Israel's about, what Jerusalem's about, what the initial beginning of this religion is about. Now, for some, it's religion. For me, it's a relationship. So it's, <laughs> I can't even be condescending with the topic and call it religion anymore because this is now, for me, a way of life. And I kind of encourage other people who are believers, let this be a way of life for you because we no longer have all these different ways of religion that we have to succumb to. You know, we are set free from a lot of different things whenever we come to Christ. And one of the things that we are set free from is the religious spirit. Now, even though that's still prevalent in a lot of churches today, because they believe, well, you have to wash your hands or you have to do all these processes, you know, before God will even notice you. <laughs> You read scripture, and whatever scripture says how God will notice you is how God will notice you, not the laws of man. Big difference. Because here we are, we are binding ourselves with additional laws that we are not supposed to be under. <laughs> we don't have to be under, technically. You know, God already put it in His Word, you know, through His Holy Spirit. But. My personal experiences with hearing God's voice. I didn't start hearing his voice until my early 30s. And it was a near-death experience. And that's when I first heard his voice. And it was undeniably him. There was no ifs, ands, or buts. I knew who it was. My entire being jolted into recognition of, oh, that was God. Oh, my goodness. Before that point, all I had was visions and dreams. And I knew I had something going on, but I couldn't figure out what. So I went around all these different religions trying to talk to their gods to see, hey, are you real? Okay, if you are real, these are the questions I have. I need to know what this is that I have inside me. And all I got was radio silence. Because those gods weren't real. And it's not that I didn't try everything, turning upside down, wearing tinfoil antennas, whatever. <sighs> there was just no answer. The only other one that answered was Satan. And that's not the one we really want our information from. But that's all I had. But I knew I had something lifelong because I always knew what was getting ready to happen before it happened. And it was never positive things. It was always really challenging, negative situations. And I know in my youth, you know, especially as a child, I felt very singled out. I felt very ignored shoved in a drawer, hushed up because I wasn't normal and it was evident. I couldn't even hide it. The only thing I could successfully do was fake normal, knowing 
it was just a matter of time before I blew my cover. And then people around me began to see, oh, she really is weird. <laughs> but I didn't have the answers then. It wasn't until I came to Jesus that I got my answers. And it was like a huge puzzle piece falling into place. And that's when I saw for the first time the whole picture. And all of it was so familiar to me. It confirmed every fiber of my being that yes, this is it. This is what I've been looking for. I found my answer. But since my early 30s, and once I began talking to him, I remember I would say little prayers and to try to see if it was all real. Because I thought, how could I, of all people, hear him? Why me? You know, what did I do? I've done nothing but mess everything up <laughs> and get into trouble. And, uh. But he still kept speaking. And whenever I was in prison, I would ask him little things like, Lord, can I please have some chocolate today, some way, somehow? And either we would get chocolate brownies on our trays for, you know, lunch or dinner that day. Or, for example, one girl came up to me. She goes, hey, I've got some chocolate donuts I got from Canteen that I'm probably not going to eat. Do you want them? I said, yes, I just prayed for chocolate 20 minutes ago. <laughs> so it was all those little confirmations. And at the time, I was already broken down. There was no distractions. There was nothing pulling my attention away from him. He had my full attention. Because I was at a place in life to where all I had was whatever contents that was in that jail cell in my possession. I had lost everything else. That's where I was at. So I was in a prime position to hear him to conversate with him and let it grow. Then my next goal was learning this voice that I was hearing. Because I thought to myself, okay, it's clear that I'm talking to God. I want to learn more about him. So I can learn how to love him more, so I can learn how to speak back to him. So I can learn whatever it is to make this relationship grow, flourish, and go to as many next levels as possible. Because the ultimate goal is to learn who he is, realize how much you love him, and begin worshiping and praising him now. Getting in the habit of it now. Because once we make it to heaven... We all have our individual race that we're running. Once we make it to heaven, then we'll be doing the same thing, worshiping, praising, around the clock. So we might as well get in the habit of it now while we're alive. Because I don't know anybody in their right mind who would go around professing they love a particular 
person or they love God without knowing them. And that is what I spent the next couple years deep into the word, deep into talking to him, trying to, you know, figure him out. What's a good time to talk? All the time is a good time to talk. <laughs> That's what I did figure out in the process. He is never too busy for us. He is never looking at us saying, oh, well, that matter is irrelevant. We're not going to worry about that right now. No, any matter you're bringing before him, he listens. And if the truth be told here, he delights in communicating with us. He loves spending time with us. He loves interacting. That was the whole purpose of us being here anyways. And once you come to these, which may be small realizations to other people, but to me they were huge. Because I felt like I embarked on the greatest treasure you could ever find. That was genuine. That was solid. That was real. And then one of the things I began to do was figuring out ways to guard my connection with him. Because I noticed that a lot of the trials and the battles that I was enduring was actually trying to sever the connection. It was trying to come in between me and God. And it'll be in all manners of ways, especially, you know, battles of the mind. Um, you know, the devil will be sitting there whispering, you're delusional. This, you're not really hearing God. You're hearing one of my demons. Or, you know, all manners to try you, to sift you, to test you. And one of the things that's going to cause you to hold up is knowing with your entire being and having total peace that you hear God. And not only that, but God confirms to you what you talk about with Him. So if you're having a conversation, you have certain matters, those matters that He spoke will come up in confirmations in, in other people's conversations or in other scripture or in signs or somebody you know, who's a prophet that comes to you confirms what God is already doing and speaking in your life. So that is an addition and in actuality. He doesn't even have to do that. Because he could just scale back down to a belief and faith system rightfully because he's sovereign. But he doesn't want that. He wants to go above and beyond. And he wants to instill that in you as well. So be willing but what are some of the ways that you can actually get your mind disciplined and clear the clutter? Well, the only thing I can relate to you is what God relayed to me and how he trained me on how to quiet my mind. So basically, 
you want to go into a room where there's no distractions, if possible, or find a place that you can go to, shut your phone off, eliminate as much distraction as possible. Because basically, you want to listen to yourself think for a couple minutes. You want to make five, ten minutes. And you don't really want to control anything yet. You just want to listen to yourself and what's coming up in your mind. And then pay very close attention to the voices that you're hearing. Is it your voice? Is it the voice of fear? Is it demonic voices? Voices from the past? You definitely want to pay attention to what is going on in your mind. Because basically this is going to be your identification part of the process. Once you've taken note, and you can actually do this part a couple times, you know, until you get familiar with what's going on in your head, who's speaking in your head. Once you get to the point to where you're like, okay, I think I've heard all the voices that I'm going to hear in my mind. I think I've categorized them. I, I've rooted out where I think they're coming from. Then you want to clear your mind. Discipline yourself to think nothing. This is a very challenging part. <laughs> Especially if you have a busy lifestyle and a lot of demands. This is a very challenging part. Now, pagans who you know go into meditation and stuff like that, they believe if you focus on your breathing, it's a lot easier to clear your mind. Actually, what God showed me to do was focus on seeing Jesus on the cross. Once I saw it clearly, and it wasn't hazed or it wasn't filled with thoughts, I didn't have to move these thoughts out of my mind just to get back to Jesus on the cross. Once I saw it clearly in my mind, mind's eye, then I knew my mind was ready. It was good and clear. But here's the thing. A lot of people don't realize as you're going through this, you're going to have to do some spiritual warfare. Okay? Especially when you, whenever you go try to clear your mind. Because you're going to have vain imaginations. You're going to have all these other things going on. And you have to cast them out. Pull them down. So you'll have to stop and pray. Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus, I call forth to cast these vain imaginations down. Cast them out. Replace it with your Holy Spirit. Take back my mind, Jesus. And then wait. If all of a sudden you're sitting there one day and your neighbors want to build another room onto the house and all you hear is beating and banging and oh my goodness, it's really hard to focus and clear my mind right now because that is loud. Go into spiritual warfare prayer. Ask God to block it out and solely focus on Him. Even if you have to specifically say block out the pounding, block out the jackhammering, Whatever it is you're hearing that is acting as a distraction, you can go into prayer and ask Jesus to eliminate it. And that puts you back where you need to be. And then you can move forward on meditating on the Word. And God's form of meditation is reading the Word, rolling it back and forth in your mind. 
to try to get revelation, to try to get deeper understanding and more vivid content and depth. That is the goal. Say, for example, you did all these steps and you finally heard God. Finally. And you've been working and praying and believing and doing everything and searching online and looking for all these different techniques and you finally hear him. Hang on to that for dear life because it starts out slow, minute, only a few words spoken here and there. But it's almost like a courtship. When you meet someone you love or you think you can love and you're trying to get to know them, they kind of put you under tests. How serious are you for me? Are you just flirting with me along with 10 other women? Or are you actually serious about developing something meaningful? God uses that same technique with a lot of us, especially those who, they kind of float in the wind. They don't have any, you know, set landing. They just go from topic to topic, adventure to adventure. They don't know what it means to quiet themselves and actually listen for God. So, pass all those tests by keep pressing in. Show Him. You are serious. That you love Him. You want to hear Him. And before you know it, it took me, let's see, I'd say about two years after I first heard his voice to start really hearing him and actually having long conversations, sometimes for hours. And it's so, it's so nice. To me it is. Now other people are like, oh man, I don't have three hours to sit there. Um, actually, once you start talking to him and he starts talking back, you will do whatever you can to make time to talk to him. Because he will become what he needs to be and that is your everything and a lot of us we have to go through trials and tribulations to get everything stripped away before we begin to prioritize rightly <laughs> he is our everything but basically once you establish the connection with God and it's not just oh well this person is more anointed of course they're going to hear God. You know, I hear God. I know He's placed an anointing. Yeah. But I'm a total mess. I mean, I've made so many horrible decisions in my life. I've done a lot of just bad stuff. I, I'm always looking up to heaven like, what do you want with me, Lord? You did not pick the brightest crayon in that box of 64 crayons. You picked one of the dullest ones. And he had to lead me over to, hey, I choose those who confound the wise. I choose those of lesser than so I can build them up from a nobody to somebody. And that the people around them will know it wasn't them, it was me. And I can actually say, since I have been fellowshipping with God, because I wasn't the smartest. <laughs> I dropped out. <laughs> I was always in fights. Um... Like, literally, I was just another little thug or gangster on the street selling dope, 
acting stupid. <laughs> and he chose me out of that. So you don't have to be set back or intimidated by saying, oh, well, they're more anointed. You know, God's not going to talk to me. You know, I'm still wondering why he talks to me. So you got to lay all that aside. Because there's a reason why he chose you for salvation. And you just got to latch on to that and roll with it. Because making a decision today to dedicate time to listen to God and doing this every day. And then before you know it, you start hearing him talk spur of the moment. And I like to call that spur of the moment communication. You're on your feet. You're fast on your feet. You're doing things. And he begins talking. And you're like, oh man, I didn't have to go to the prayer closet for this. He's just talking. Hey, I like that. As soon as he started doing that with me, that's when I was like, okay, this has got to be the key to walking in the Holy Spirit. Is going with God, taking him with me, talking to him throughout the day, going into the bathroom for a few minutes, especially when I'm at work, and just saying a prayer, talking to him. And then I'm still talking to him under my breath while I'm working. And that is how I found to walk in the Holy Spirit, to walk with God, is things evolving from the point I first heard his voice until a couple years later. And now, it doesn't matter where I am. I don't have to go pray for 24, 72 hours, whatever, to get his attention now. And I don't want to come across as I'm bragging. I want to come across as when you really invest in him and delight in him, this is where he takes you. And it's not just for me. It's for anybody. And I tell you, if you want to place value on anything, place value on the voice and connection once established. Guard it. Because then you'll have that new level of spiritual warfare that I was telling you about. The devil coming at you through battles of the mind trying to rip away that connection. So be ready for those moments when they happen. But I know that God has taken me far. You know, I went from not hearing him to talking to him all the time, every day. Like literally, he leads me around by the nose. He'll tell me, okay, you're going to wear these clothes. You're going to eat this. You're going to go here. You only have so much time to get this done, so go ahead and knock this out. You didn't set your alarm for in the morning. And that, that right there is just precious. Because I'll be getting everything ready for the next morning. And every time I forget to set my alarm, God tells me. If I get mixed up again and I forget to do it again, he'll actually wake me up the next morning. So he is an amazing connection to develop. So I encourage you. You know, I'm not just 
getting up here telling stories. God did not make this platform possible for me to just get up here and tell you wild stories about him. These are experiences that can happen for you too. If you're bold enough to believe. Well, I hope today you were able to receive valuable information on how to pursue God on a deeper level. Don't wait until you get to heaven to start knowing what is available to you now. Because <laughs> you actually, you shorten the power by waiting. You know, if I can hear him, especially coming from a place when I couldn't hear him audibly, you know, I can, it is possible. I will say through my studies and what I have observed is 30s, people in their 30s, I don't know what it is, but that's when God called them the most and gave them mantles to walk out ministry. And it's pretty amazing because to me, that's like the halfway point before midlife. Because you've you know, already went through your teenage years. You've already made you know, most of those mistakes you're going to make. You learn from them. Then you're in your, your 20s. Either you've developed a family or you've started a career or you've, you know, like me, messed up your life. <laughs> you know, those are crucial times that form the person. And then here comes the 30s. And it's kind of like a leveling, like a plateau almost. It's like, here you are. What are you going to do with the rest of your life? You know, do you have your retirement? All this, you know, all these different details that people think about at that time. So, if you're wondering in those prime ages, that's what I have noticed through doing multiple studies and just observing as I'm going through every day. So, it is my prayer that uh, you enjoyed everything this evening. And, Lord willing, I'll be talking to you next Saturday from Anchor FM. God bless and thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to share. Don't keep this show all to yourself. Share. Keep the blessing going. God bless.